So we begin week 37 at day 253 and we read through Ezra and parts of Daniel. So we begin at Ezra chapter 1 verse 7 to 11. King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and had placed in the house of his gods. King Cyrus of Persia had them brought out under the supervision of Mitradath the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbar the prince of Judah. This was the inventory. 30 gold basins, 1,000 silver basins, 29 silver knives, 30 gold bowls, 410 various silver bowls, and 1,000 other articles. The gold and silver articles totaled 5,400. Sheshbazar brought all of them when the exiles went up from Babylon to Jerusalem. And then chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. He also took from the temple in Babylon the gold and silver articles of God's house that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and carried them to the temple in Babylon. He released them from the temple in Babylon to a man named Sheshbazar, the governor by the appointment of King Cyrus. He told him, Take these articles, put them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt on its original site. Then this same Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of God's house in Jerusalem. It has been under construction from that time until now, yet it has not been completed. In chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. In the first year of King Cyrus, he issued a decree concerning the house of God in Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt as a place for offering sacrifices and let its original foundations be retained. Its height is to be 90 feet and its width 90 feet, with three layers of cut stones and one of timber. The cost is to be paid from the royal treasury. The gold and silver articles of God's house that Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and carried to Babylon must also be returned. They are to be brought to the temple in Jerusalem where they belong and put into the house of God. Then we read Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 to 28. Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, stationed throughout the realm and over them three administrators including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit, so the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Then these men said, We will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, Making Darius live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for thirty days anyone who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty, establish the edict and sign the document so that, as a law of the Medes and Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the document. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upper room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. 
So they approached the king and asked about his edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for thirty days any man who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, As a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. Then these men went to the king and said to him, You as king know it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet ring of his nobles, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den he cried out in an anguish to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths. They haven't hurt me, for I was found innocent before him. Also I have not committed a crime against you, my king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den uninjured, for he trusted in his God. The king then gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live in all the earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion people must tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. For he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Then we read Daniel chapter 10 verse 1 to chapter 11 verse 4. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel who was named Belshazzar. The message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and had the understanding of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing in the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them and they ran and hid. I was left alone looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale and I was powerless. I heard the words he said and when I heard them I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. 
Suddenly a hand touched me and raised me to my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I am saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. After he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me, for from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days, for the vision refers to those days. While he was saying these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and was speechless. Suddenly one with human likeness touched my lips. I opened my mouth and said to the one standing in front of me, My lord, because of the vision I am overwhelmed and powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my lord? Now I have no strength and there is no breath in me. Then the one with human likeness touched me again and strengthened me. He said, Don't be afraid, you who are treasured by God. Peace to you, be very strong. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. He said, Do you know why I have come to you? I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I leave, the prince of Greece will come. No one has the courage to support me against them except Michael, your prince. However, I will tell you what is recorded in the Book of Truth. Now I will tell you the truth. Three more kings will arise in Persia, and the fourth will be far richer than the others. By the power he gains through his riches, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. Then a warrior king will arise. He will rule a vast realm and do whatever he wants. But as soon as he is established, his kingdom will be broken up and divided to the four winds of heaven but not to his descendants. It will not be the same kingdom that he ruled, because his kingdom will be uprooted and will go to others besides them. And there we end, day 253. Day 254, and we continue through this part of Daniel, from chapter 11, verse 5, through to chapter 12, verse 13. And then we've got a couple of bits of Ezra at the end, but we start at Daniel chapter 11, verse 5. The king of the south will grow powerful, but one of his commanders will grow more powerful and will rule a kingdom greater than his. After some years they will form an alliance, and the daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to seal the agreement. She will not retain power and his strength will not endure. She will be given up together with her entourage, her father and the one who supported her during those times. In the place of the king of the south, one from her family will rise up, come against the army and enter the fortress of the king of the north. He will take action against them and triumph. He will take even their gods captive to Egypt, with their metal images and their previous precious articles of silver and gold. For some years he will stay away from the king of the north, who will enter the kingdom of the king of the south and then return to his own land. His sons will mobilize for war and assemble a large number of armed forces. They will advance, sweeping through like a flood, and will again wage war as far as his fortress. Infuriated, the king of the south will march out to fight with the king of the north, who will raise a great multitude, but the multitude will be handed over to his enemy. When the multitude is carried off, he will become arrogant and cause tens of thousands to fall, but he will not triumph. 
The king of the north will again raise a multitude larger than at first. After some years he will advance with a great army and many supplies. In those times many will rise up against the king of the south. Violent ones among your own people will assert themselves to fulfil the vision, but they will fall. Then the king of the north will come, build up an assault ramp and capture a well-fortified city. The forces of the south will not stand. Even their select troops will not be able to resist. The king of the north who comes against him will do whatever he wants and no one can oppose him. He will establish himself in the beautiful land with total destruction in his hand. He will resolve to come with the force of his whole kingdom and will reach an agreement with him. He will give him a daughter in marriage to destroy it, but she will not stand with him or support him. Then he will turn his attention to the coasts and islands and capture many. But a commander will put an end to his taunting. Instead, he will turn his taunts against him. He will turn his attention back to the fortresses of his own land, but he will stumble, fall, and be no more. In his place, one will arise who will send out a tax collector for the glory of the kingdom, but within a few days he will be shattered, though not in anger or in battle. In his place, a despised person will arise. Royal honours will not be given to him, but he will come during a time of peace and seize the kingdom by intrigue. A flood of forces will be swept away before him. They will be shattered as well as the covenant prince. After an alliance is made with him, he will act deceitfully. He will rise to power with a small nation. During a time of peace, he will come into the richest parts of the province and do what his fathers and predecessors never did. He will lavish plunder, loot and wealth on all his followers. And he will make plans against fortified cities, but only for a time. With a large army, he will stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south. The king of the south will prepare for battle with an extremely large and powerful army, but he will not succeed because plots will be made against him. Those who eat his provisions will destroy him. His army will be swept away and many will fall slain. The two kings whose hearts are bent on evil will speak lies at the same table but to no avail, for still the end will come at the appointed time. The king of the north will return to his land with great wealth, but his heart will be set against the holy covenant. He will take action, then return to his own land. At the appointed time he will come again to the south, but this time will not be like the first. Ships of Kittim will come against him, and being intimidated he will withdraw. Then he will rage against the holy covenant and take action. On his return he will favour those who abandon the holy covenant. His forces will rise up and desecrate the temple fortress. They will abolish the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation. With flattery he will corrupt those who act wickedly toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and take action. Those who are wise among the people will give understanding to many, yet they will die by sword and flame and be captured and plundered for a time. When defeated they will be helped by some, but many others will join them insincerely. Some of the wise will fall so that they may be refined, purified and cleansed until the time of the end, for it will still come at the appointed time. Then the king will do whatever he wants. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will say outrageous things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, because what has been decreed will be accomplished. He will not show regard for the gods of his fathers, the god longed for by woman, 
or for any other god, because he will magnify himself above all. Instead he will honour a god of fortresses, a god his fathers did not know, with gold, silver, precious stones and riches. He will deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. He will greatly honour those who acknowledge him, making them rulers over many and distributing land as a reward. At the time of the end the king of the south will engage him in battle, but the king of the north will storm against him with chariots, horsemen and many ships. He will invade countries and sweep through them like a flood. He will also invade the beautiful land and many will fall, but these will escape from his power, Edom, Moab and the prominent people of the Ammonites. He will extend his power against the countries and not even the land of Egypt will escape. He will get control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver and over all the riches of Egypt. The Libyans and Cushites will also be in submission, but reports from the east and the north will terrify him, and he will go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal tents between the sea and the beautiful holy mountain, but he will meet his end with no one to help him. At that time Michael the great prince who stands watch over your people will rise up, there will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time all your people who are found written in the book will escape. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to shame and eternal contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the bright expanse of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars for ever and ever. But you, Daniel... Keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the other. One said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long until the end of these extraordinary things? Then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river, he raised both his hands toward heaven and swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time, times and half a time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be completed. I heard but did not understand, so I asked, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He said, Go on your way, Daniel, for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest, then rise to your destiny at the end of the days. Then we read Ezra chapter 2 verse 1 to 39 to finish today. These now are the people of the province who came from those captive exiles King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had deported to Babylon. Each of them returned to his hometown Jerusalem and Judah. They came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Seriah, Reliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvi, Rehum and Banah. The number of the Israelite men included... Parosh's descendants, 2,172. Shepatiah's descendants, 372. Ara's descendants, 775. 
Bahath Moab's descendants, Jeshua's and Joab's descendants, 2,812. Elam's descendants, 1,254. Zatu's descendants, 945. Zakai's descendants, 760. Bani's descendants, 642. Babai's descendants, 623. Asgad's descendants, 1,222. Adnakam's descendants, 666. Bigvai's descendants, 2,056. Adon's descendants, 454. Atur's descendants, Hezekiah's, 98. Bazai's descendants, 323. Jorah's descendants, 112. Hashim's descendants, 223. Gibar's descendants, 95. Bethlehem's people, 123. Neptopah's men, 56. Anathoth's men, 128. Asmaveth's people, 42. Kiriathathim's, Shaparophai's and Beroth's people, 743. Ramaz and Gabaz's people, 621. Michmaz's men, 122. Bethel's and Ai's men, 223. Nebo's people, 52. Magbish's people, 156. The other Elam's people, 1,254. Harim's people, 320. Lods, Hadids and Ono's people, 725. Jericho's people, 345. Sunaz's people, 3,630. The priests included Jediah's descendants of the house of Jeshua, 973. Emmer's descendants, 1,052. Pashur's descendants, 1,247. And Harim's descendants, 1,017. And there we end day 254. Day 255, and we continue through the list um, in Ezra, and then we go into another list in Nehemiah, and we begin at Ezra chapter 2, verses 40 to verse 70. The Levites included Yeshua's and Kedmiel's descendants from Hodaviah's descendants, 74. The singers included Asaph's descendants, 128. The gatekeeper's descendants included Shalom's descendants, Ater's descendants, Talmon's, Akub's, Hatai's, Shubai's descendants, in all 139. The temple servants included Ziha's descendants, Hashupas, Tabaoth's, Karuth's, Sayas, Padon's, Lebanaz, Hagabaz, Akub's, Hagab's, Shalmai's, Halnan's, Gidel's, Gahar's, Rahai's, Rezin's, Nakuda's, Gazam's, Uzaz, Pazia's, Bazai's, Asna's, Meum's, Nephosim's, Bakubub's, Hakpub's, Harur's, Balzuth's, Medaya's, Harsha's, Barkos, Cersera's, Tamaz, Naziah's, and Haftai's descendants. The descendants of Solomon's servant included Sotai's, Hasapareth's, Peruda's, Jalaz, Darkons, Gedels, Sheptaiahs, Hatils, Pokoreth, Hasbeims, and Amai's descendants. All the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants, 392. The following are those who came from Telmela, Telharsha, Cherub, Adan, and Immer, but were unable to prove that their families and ancestry were Israelites. Deliah's, Tobiah's, Nekubah's descendants, 652. And from the descendants of the priests, the descendants of Habai's, 
the descendants of Hakos, the descendants of Barzillis, who had taken a wife from the daughters of Barzilli the Gileadite and was called by their name. They searched for their entries in the genealogical records, but they could not be found, so they were disqualified from the priesthood. The governor ordered them not to eat the most holy things until there was a priest who could consult the Urim and Thurim. The whole combined assembly numbered 42,360, not including their 7,337 male and female slaves and their 200 male and female singers. They had 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels and 6,720 donkeys. After they arrived at the Lord's house in Jerusalem, some of the family leaders gave free will offerings for the house of God in order to have it rebuilt on its original site. Based on what they could give, they gave 61,000 gold coins, 6,250 pounds of silver and 100 priestly garments to the treasury for the, the project. The priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, temple servants and some of the people settled in their towns and the rest of Israel settled in their towns. And then we read Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 5 through to verse 72. Then my God put it into my mind to assemble the nobles, the officials and the people to be registered by genealogy. I found the genealogical record of those who came back first and I found the following written in it. These are the people of the province who went up from among the captive exiles deported by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Each of them returned to his own town in Jerusalem and Judah. They came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramai, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispereth, Bigvai, Nahum and Banah. The number of the Israelite men included. And as a note you'll notice some of these numbers are slightly different. Parosh's descendants 2,172, Shepatiah's descendants 372, Araz's descendants 652, Pahath Moab's descendants, Jeshua's and Joab's descendants 2,818, Elam's descendants 1,254, Zatu's descendants 845, Zakai's descendants 760, Benu's descendants 648, Babai's descendants 628, Asgad's descendants 2,322, Adonakam's descendants 667, Bigvai's descendants 2,067, Adin's descendants 655, Ater's descendants of Hezekiah 98, Hashum's descendants 328, Bazai's descendants 324, Harip's descendants 112, Gibeon's descendants 95, Bethlehem's and Netopath's men 188, Anathoth's men 128, Beth Asmaveth's men 42, Kiriath Jerim, Chepariah's and Beroth's men 743, Ramaz and Gabaz's men 621, Mikmah's men 122, Bethel and Ai's men 123, the other Nebo's men 52, the other Elam's people 1,254, Harim's people 320, Jericho's people 345, Lod's, Hadid's and Ono's people 721, Sinah's people 3930. The priests included Jediah's descendants of the house of Jeshua 973, Immer's descendants 1052, Pashur's descendants 1247, 
Harim's descendants, 1017. The Levites included Jeshua's descendants of Kadmiel, Hodavah's descendants, 74. The singers included Asaph's descendants, 148. The gatekeepers included Shalom's descendants, Ater's descendants, Talmon's descendants, Akub's descendants, Hatay's descendants, Shubai's descendants, 138. The temple servants included Ziha's descendants, Hashupas, Tabaoths, Keruths, Sayas, Padons, Lebanaz, Hagabaz, Akubs, Hagabs, Shalmais, Halnans, Gedels, Gahars, Rahais, Rezins, Nakudas, Gazams, Uzas, Pazias, Bazais, Asnas, Meums, Nephosims, Bakubs, Hakpubs, Harurs, Balzuths, Medias, Harshas, Barkos, Cerceras, Tamaz, Naziahs, and Haftai's descendants. The descendants of Solomon's servant included Sotais, Hasapereths, Perudas, Jalaz, Darkons, Gedels, Sheptaias, Hatils, Pokoreth, Hasbeims, and Amai's descendants. All the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants, 392. The following are those who came from Telmela, Telharsha, Cherub, Adan, and Immer, but were unable to prove that their families and ancestry were Israelites. Deliah's, Tobiah's, Nekubah's descendants, 652. And from the descendants of the priests, the descendants of Habais, the descendants of Hakoz, the descendants of Barzillis, who had taken a wife from the daughters of Barzilli the Gileadite, and was called by their name. They searched for their entries in the genealogical records, but they could not be found, so they were disqualified from the priesthood. The governor ordered them not to eat the most holy things until there was a priest who could consult the Urim and Thurim. The whole combined assembly numbered 42,360, not including their 7,337 male and female slaves, and their 200 male and female singers. They had 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family leaders gave to the project. The governor gave 1,000 gold drachmas, 50 bowls and 530 priestly garments to the treasury. Some of the family leaders gave 20,000 gold drachmas and 2,200 silver minas to the treasury for the project. The rest of the people gave 20,000 gold drachmas, 2,000 silver minas and 67 priestly garments. And then we read Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 1 to 26 to finish today. These are the priests and Levites who went up with Zerubbabel, son of Shetelai, and with Jeshua. Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Maluch, Hattush, Sheshkaniah, Rehum, Meramoth, Edo, Ginnithoth, Abijah, Mijamam, Madadai, Bilgah, Shemaiah, Jerab, Jediah, Salu, Amok, Hilkiah, Jediah. These were the leaders of the priests and their relatives in the days of Joshua, the Levites. Jeshua, Benui, Kadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Mataniah. He and his relatives were in charge of the praise songs. Bakbukai, Uni, and their relatives stood opposite them in the services. Jeshua fathered Joachim. Joachim fathered Elishib. Elishib fathered Jod- Jodiah. Judah fathered Jonathan, and Jonathan fathered Jadua. 
In the days of Joachim, the leaders of the priestly families were Moriah of Sariah, Hananiah of Jeremiah, Meshulam of Ezra, Jehonan of Amariah, Jonathan of Malachi, Joseph of Shebaniah, Adna of Harim, Helkiah of Meraeth, Zechariah of Edu, Meshulam of Ginnathon, Zechri of Abijah, Piltai of Mudavi of Maniam, Shamua of Bilga, Jehonathan of Shemaiah, Matanai of Joarib, Uzi of Jediah, Kalai of Salai, Eber of Amok, Hashabiah of Hilkiah, and Nathaniel of Jediah. In the days of Elishib, Juayad, Johanan, and Jadah, the leaders of the families of the Levites and priests were recorded while Darius the Persian ruled. Levi's descendants, the leaders of the families, were recorded in the book of the historical records during the days of Johanan, son of Elishab. The leaders of the Levites, Hashabiah, Sherabiah, and Jeshua, son of Cadmiel, along with their relatives opposite them, gave praise and thanks division by division, as David the man of God had prescribed. This included Mataniah, Bakbukai, and Obadiah. Meshulam, Talmon, and Akub were gatekeepers who guarded the storerooms at the gates. These served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Josadak, and in the days of Nehemiah the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe. And there we end, day 255. Day 256, and we continue through Ezra, and then with a lot of the Psalms, but we begin at Ezra chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. By the seventh month the Israelites had settled in their towns and the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Jeshua son of Josadak and his brothers the priests, along with Zerubbabel son of Shetil and his brothers, began to build the altar of Israel's God in order to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation and offered burnt offerings for the morning and evening on it, even though they feared the surrounding peoples. They celebrated the festival of booths as prescribed and offered burnt offerings each day, based on the number specified by ordinance for each festival. After that they offered the regular burnt offering and the offerings for the beginning of each month, and for all the Lord's appointed holy occasions, as well as the free will offerings brought to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, even though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. They gave money to the stonecutters and artisans, and gave food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre, so they could bring cedar wood from Lebanon to Joppa by sea, according to the authorization given them by King Cyrus of Persia. Then we read Psalm 87, verse 1 to 7. His foundation is on the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said about you, city of God. I will mention those who know me, Rahab, Babylon, Philistia, Tyre and Cush, each one was born there. And it will be said of Zion, this one and that were born in her. The Most High himself will establish her when he registers the people the Lord would record, this one was born there. Singers and dancers alike will say, all my springs are in you. Then we read Ezra chapter 3 verse 8 to 13. In the second month of the second year after they arrived at God's house in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel, Jeshua son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers including the priests, the Levites, and all who had returned to Jerusalem from captivity, began to build. 
They appointed the Levites who were twenty years old or more to supervise the work in the Lord's house. Jeshua with his sons and brothers, Cadmiel with his sons and the sons of Judah and of Henadad, with their sons and brothers, the Levites, joined together to supervise those working in the house of God. When the builders had laid the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests dressed in their robes and holding trumpets, and the Levites descended from Asaph holding cymbals, took their positions to praise the Lord as King David of Israel has instructed. They sang with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love to Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's house had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites and family members who had seen the first temple wept loudly when they saw the foundation of this house, but many others shouted joyfully. The people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouting from that of the weeping, because the people were shouting so loudly, and the sound was heard far away. Then we read Psalm 84 verse 1 to 12. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts! I long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young. Near your altars, Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob. Consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Better a day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be at the door of the house of my God than to live in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Lord of hosts, happy is the person who trusts in you. And Psalm 107 verse 1 to 43. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the hand of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty, their spirits failed within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for the human race. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the counsel of the Most High. He broke their spirits with hard labour. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their chains apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for the human race. For he has broken down the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their sins. They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for the human race. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his works with shouts of joy. Others went to sea in ships, conducting trade in the vast waters. They saw the Lord's works, his wonderful works in the deep. He spoke and raised a tempest that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish, they reeled and staggered like drunken men, and all their skill was useless. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a murmur, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. Then he guided them to the harbour they longed for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wonderful works for the human race. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turns rivers into desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into salty wasteland because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into a pool of water, dry land into springs of water. He causes the hungry to settle there and they establish a city where they live. They sow fields and plant vineyards that yield a fruitful harvest. He blesses them and they multiply greatly. He does not let their livestock decrease. When they are diminished and humbled by cruel oppression and sorrow, he pours contempt on nobles and makes them wander in trackless wastelands. But he lifts the needy out of their suffering and makes their families multiply like flocks. The upright see it and rejoice, and all injustice shuts its mouth. Let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. And then Psalm 66, verse 1 to 20, to finish today. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God. His acts toward mankind are awe-inspiring. He turned the sea into dry land, and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Praise our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fattened sheep as burnt offerings with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice oxen with goats. Come and listen all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. May God be praised. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. And there we end, day 256. Day 257, and we continue through Ezra, the Psalms, and we also have a little bit of Haggai and Zechariah thrown in today but we begin at Ezra chapter 4 verse 1 to 5 when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple for the Lord the God of Israel 
They approached Zerubbabel and the leaders of the families and said to them, Let us build with you, for we also worship your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time King Esar Hadon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the other leaders of Israel's families answered them, You may have no part with us in building a house for our God, since we alone must build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people who were already in the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build. They also bribed officials to act against them to frustrate their plans throughout the reign of King Cyrus of Persia and until the reign of King Darius of Persia. Then Psalm 125 verse 1 to 5. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. It cannot be shaken. It remains forever. Jerusalem, the mountains surround her and the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous will not apply their hands to injustice. Do what is good, Lord, to the good, to those whose hearts are upright. But as for those who turn aside to crooked ways, the Lord will banish them with the evildoers. Peace be to Israel. And then Ezra chapter 4 verse 6 to 24. At the beginning of the reign of Ahersasus, The people who were already in the land wrote an accusation against the residents of Judah and Jerusalem. During the time of King Artaxerxes, I'll try it again, Artaxerxes of Persia, Bishlam, Mithridath, Tabil and the rest of his colleagues wrote to King Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated. Rehum the chief deputy and Shimshai the scribe wrote a letter to the king concerning Jerusalem as follows. From Rehum the chief deputy, Shimshai the scribe and the rest of their colleagues, the judges and magistrates from Tripolis, Persia, Erech, Babylon, Susa, that is the people of Elam, and the rest of the peoples whom the great and illustrious Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the cities of Samaria and the region west of the Euphrates River. This is the text of the letter they sent to him. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants, the men from the region west of the Euphrates River, let it be known to the king that that the Jews who came from you have returned to us at Jerusalem. They are rebuilding that rebellious and evil city, finishing its walls and repairing its foundations. Let it now be known to the king that if that city is rebuilt and its walls are finished, they will not pay tribute, duty or land tax and the royal revenue will suffer. Since we have taken an oath of loyalty to the king, and it is not right for us to witness his dishonour, we have sent to inform the king that a search should be made in your father's record books. In these record books you will discover and verify that the city is a rebellious city, harmful to kings and provinces. There have been revolts in it since ancient times. That is why this city was destroyed. We advise the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are finished, You will not have any possession west of the Euphrates. The king sent a reply to his chief deputy Rehum, Shimshai the scribe and the rest of their colleagues living in Samaria and elsewhere in the region west of the Euphrates River. Greetings. The letter you sent us has been translated and read in my presence. I issued a decree and a search was conducted. It was discovered that this city has had uprisings against kings since ancient times and there have been rebellions and revolts in it. Powerful kings have also ruled over Jerusalem and exercised authority over the whole region, and tribute, duty, and land tax were paid to them. Therefore issue an order for these men to stop, 
so that this city will not be rebuilt until a further decree has been pronounced by me. See that you not neglect this matter, otherwise the damage will increase and the royal interests will suffer. As soon as the text of King Artaxerxes' letter was read to Rehum, Shimshai the scribe and their colleagues, they immediately went to the Jews in Jerusalem and forcibly stopped them. Now the construction of God's house in Jerusalem had stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. Then we read Psalm 129 verse 1 to 8. Since my youth they have often attacked me, let Israel say, Since my youth they have often attacked me, but they have not prevailed against me. Plowmen ploughed over my back, they made their furrows long. The Lord is righteous, he has cut the ropes of the wicked. Let all who hate Zion be driven back in disgrace. Let them be like grass in the rooftops which withers before it grows up, and can't even fill the hands of the reaper or the arms of the one who binds sheaves. Then none who will pass by will say, May the Lord's blessing be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Then we read Ezra chapter 5 verse 1 to 2. But when the prophets Haggai and Zechariah son of Iddo prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them, Zerubbabel son of Sheltiel and Jeshua son of Juzadak began to rebuild God's house in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were with them, helping them. Then we read Haggai chapter 1 verse 1 through to chapter 2 verse 9. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel son of Shetil, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua son of Jehozadak the high priest. The Lord of hosts says this, These people say, The time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet, Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your panelled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of hosts says this, Think carefully about your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink but never have enough to become drunk. You put on clothes but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of hosts says this, Think carefully about your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down lumber and build a house. Then I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. Because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with his own house. So on your account the skies have withheld the dew and the land its crops. I have summoned a drought on the fields and the hills and on the grain new wine, olive oil and whatever the ground yields. On the people and animals and on all that your hands produce. Then Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the entire remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. So the people feared the Lord. Haggai, the Lord's messenger, delivered the Lord's message to the people. I am with you, the Lord's declaration. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, the spirit of the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. They began work in the house of Yahweh of hosts, their God, on the twenty-fourth day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. On the twenty-first day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet, Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, 
to the high priest Joshua son of Jehozadak, and to the remnant of the people. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem like nothing to you? Even so, be strong, Zerubbabel, the Lord's declaration. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, high priest. Be strong, all you people of the Lord. Work, for I am with you, the declaration of the Lord of hosts. This is the promise I made to you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit is present among you. Don't be afraid. For the Lord of hosts says this, Once more in a little while I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver and gold belong to me, the declaration of the Lord of hosts. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of hosts. I will provide peace in this place, the declaration of the Lord of hosts. And then we read Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1 to 6 to finish today. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechai, son of Edo. The Lord was extremely angry with your ancestors, so tell the people, This is what the Lord of hosts says, Return to me. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts, And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your ancestors, the earlier prophets proclaimed to them, This is what the Lord of hosts says, Turn from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not listen or pay attention to me. The Lord's declaration, Where are your ancestors now, and do the prophets live forever? But didn't my words and my statutes that I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? They repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. And there we end. Day 257. Day 258, and we continue through Zechariah. But first, we read a little bit of Haggai from Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 to 23. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Ask the priest for a ruling. If a man is carrying consecrated meat in the fold of his garment, and with his fold touches bread, stew, wine, oil, or any other food, does it become holy? The priests answered, No. Then Haggai asked, If someone defiled by contact with a corpse touches any of these, does it become defiled? The priests answered, It becomes defiled. Then Haggai replied, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, the Lord's declaration. And so is every work of their hands, even what they offer there is defiled. Now reflect back from this day. Before one stone was placed on another in the Lord's temple, what state were you in? When someone came to a grain heap of twenty measures, it only amounted to ten. When one came to the wine press to dip fifty measures from the vat, it only amounted to twenty. I struck you, all the work of your hands, with blight, mildew and heal, but you didn't turn to me. The Lord's declaration... Consider carefully from this day forward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it carefully. Is there still seed left in the granary? The vine, the fig, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yet produced, but from this day on I will bless you. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the twenty-fourth day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and destroy the power of the Gentile kingdoms. 
I will overturn chariots and their riders. Horses and their riders will fall, each by his brother's sword. On that day, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant, the Lord's declaration, and make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. Then we read from Zechariah chapter 1 verse 7 through to chapter 5 verse 11. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah son of Berechai, son of Edo. I looked out in the night and saw a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the valley. Behind him were red, sorrel and white horses. I asked, what are these, my lord? The angel who was talking to me replied, I'll show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. They reported to the angel of the Lord standing among the myrtle trees, We have patrolled the earth, and right now the whole earth is calm and quiet. Then the angel of the Lord responded, How long, Lord of hosts, will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and the cities of Judah that you have been angry with these seventy years? The Lord replied with kind and comforting words to the angel who was speaking with me. So the angel who was speaking with me said, Proclaim, the Lord of hosts says, I am extremely jealous for Jerusalem and Zion. I am fiercely angry with the nations that are at ease, for I was a little angry, but they made it worse. Therefore this is what the Lord says, I have graciously returned to Jerusalem, my house will be rebuilt within it, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, and the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem. Proclaim further, this is what the Lord of hosts says, My cities will again overflow with prosperity, the Lord will once more comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. So he answered me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, great mountain, before Zerubbabel you will become a plain, and he will bring out the capstone accompanied by shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Zerubbabel's hands have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who scorns the day of small things? These seven eyes of the Lord which scan throughout the whole earth will rejoice when they see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Then I looked up and saw four horns, so I asked the angel who was speaking with me, What are these? And he said to me, These are the horns that scatter Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. I asked, What are they coming to do? He replied, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so no one could raise his head. These craftsmen have come to terrify them, to cut off the horns of the nations that raised their horns against the land of Judah to scatter it. I looked up and saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, Where are you going? He answered me, To measure Jerusalem, to determine its width and length. Then the angel who was speaking with me went out, and another angel went out to meet him. He said to him, Run and tell this young man. Jerusalem will be inhabited without walls because of the number of people and livestock in it. The declaration of the Lord. I will be a wall of fire around it, and I will be the glory within it. Get up, leave the land of the north. The Lord's declaration, for I have scattered you like the four winds of heaven. The Lord's declaration. Go, Zion, escape you who are living with daughter Babylon, for the Lord of hosts says this. He has sent me for his glory against the nations who are plundering you. For anyone who touches you touches the pupil of his eye. 
I will move against them with my power, and they will become plunder for their own servants. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Daughter Zion, shout for joy and be glad, for I am coming to dwell among you. The Lord's declaration. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day and become my people. I will dwell among you, and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord will take possession of Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem. Let all people be silent before the Lord, for he is coming from his holy dwelling. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, with Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. May the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Isn't this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed with filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. So he spoke to those standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to him, See, I have removed your guilt from you, and I will clothe you with splendid robes. Then I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So a clean turban was placed on his head, and they clothed him in garments, while the angel of the Lord was standing nearby. Then the angel of the Lord charged Joshua, This is what the Lord of hosts says, If you walk in my ways and keep my instructions, you will both rule my house and take care of my courts. I will also grant you access among those who are standing here. Listen, Joshua, the high priest, you and your colleagues sitting before you. Indeed, these men are a sign that I am about to bring my servant the branch. Notice the stone I have set before Joshua. On that one stone are seven eyes. I will engrave an inscription on it, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, and I will take away the guilt of this land in a single day. On that day, each of you will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and fig tree. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. The angel who was speaking with me then returned and roused me as one wakened out of sleep, and he asked me, What do you see? I replied, I see a solid gold lampstand there with a bowl on its top. It has seven lamps on it and seven channels for each of the lamps on its top. There are also two olive trees beside it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. Then I asked the angel who was speaking with me, What are these, my lord? Don't you know what they are? replied the angel who was speaking with me. I said, No, my lord. I asked him what are the two olive trees on the right and left of the lampstand, and I questioned him further. What are the two olive branches beside the two gold conduits from which golden oil pours out? Then he inquired of me, Don't you know what these are? No, my lord, I replied. These are the two anointed ones, he said, who stand by the lord of the whole earth. I looked up again and saw a flying scroll. What do you see? he asked me. I see a flying scroll, I replied, thirty feet long and fifteen feet wide. Then he said to me, This is the curse that is going out over the whole land, for every thief will be removed according to what is written on one side, and everyone who swears falsely will be removed according to what is written on the other side. I will send it out, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. It will stay inside his house and destroy it along with its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was speaking with me came forward and told me, Look up and see what this is that is approaching. So I asked, What is it? He responded, It's a measuring basket that is approaching. And he continued, This is their iniquity in all the land. Then a lead cover was lifted and there was a woman sitting inside the basket. This is wickedness, he said. He shoved her down into the basket and pushed the lead weight over its opening. 
Then I looked up and saw two women approaching with the wind in their wings. Their wings were like those of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and sky. So I asked the angel who was speaking with me, Where are they taking the basket? To build a shrine for it in the land of Shinar, he told me. When that is ready, the basket will be placed there on its pedestal. And there we end, day 258. Day 259, and we continue through Zechariah, and also with some Ezra thrown in today. But we begin at Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 to 15. Then I looked up again and saw four chariots coming down from between two mountains, and the mountains were made of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second chariot black horses, the third chariot white horses, and the fourth chariot dappled horses, all strong horses. So I inquired of the angel who was speaking with me, What are these, my lord? The angel told me, These are the four spirits of heaven going out after presenting themselves to the lord of the whole earth. The one with the black horses is going to the land of the north. The white horses are going after them, but the dappled horses are going to the land of the south. As the strong horses went out, they wanted to go patrol the earth, and the Lord said, Go, patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Then he summoned me, saying, See, those going to the land of the north have pacified my spirit in the northern land. The word of the Lord came to me, Taking, Take an offering from the exiles, from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon, and go that same day to the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Take silver and gold, make crowns and place them on the head of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. You are to tell him, This is what the Lord of hosts says. Here is a man whose name is Branch. He will branch out from his place and build the Lord's temple. Yes, he will build the Lord's temple. He will be clothed in splendor and will sit on his throne and rule. There will also be a priest in his throne, and there will be peaceful counsel between the two of them. The crown will reside in the Lord's temple as a memorial to Heldai, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. People who are far off will come and build the Lord's temple, and you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. This will happen when you fully obey the Lord your God. Then we read Ezra chapter 5, verse 3, to chapter 6, verse 14. At that time, Tatnai, the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar, Bozani, and their colleagues came to the Jews and asked, Who gave you the order to rebuild this temple and finish this structure? They also asked them, What are the names of the workers who are constructing this building? But God was watching over the Jewish elders. These men wouldn't stop them until a report was sent to Darius so that they could receive written instruction about this matter. This is the text of the letter that Tatnai, the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar, Bozani, and their colleagues, the officials in the region, sent to King Darius. They sent him a report written as follows. To King Darius, all greetings. Let it be known to the king that we went to the house of the great god in the province of Judah. It is being built with cut stones and its beams are being set on the walls. This work is being done diligently and succeeding through the people's efforts. So we questioned the elders and asked, Who gave you the order to rebuild this temple and finish this structure? We also asked them for their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is the reply they gave to us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But since our fathers angered the God of heaven, he handed them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. 
However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, he issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. He also took from the temple in Babylon the gold and silver articles of God's house that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and carried them to the temple in Babylon. He released them from the temple in Babylon to a man named Sheshbazar, the governor by the appointment of King Cyrus. He told them, Take these articles, put them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt on its original site. Then this same Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of God's house in Jerusalem. It has been under construction from that time until now, yet it has not been completed. So if it pleases the king, let a search of the royal archives in Babylon be conducted, to see if it is true that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Let the king's decision regarding this matter be sent to us. King Darius gave the order, and they searched in the library of Babylon in the archives, but it was in the fortress of Ekbata, in the province of Media, that a scroll was found with this record written on it. And we skip out four verses and go into verse six of chapter six. Therefore you must stay away from that place, Tatnai, governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar, Bosnai, and your colleagues, the officials in the region. Leave the construction of this house of God alone. Let the governor and the elders of the Jews rebuild his house, this house of God in its original site. I hereby issue a decree concerning what you must do, so that the elders of the Jews can rebuild this house of God. The cost is to be paid in full to these men out of the royal revenues, from the taxes of the region west of the Euphrates River, so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams and lambs for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, or wheat, salt, wine and oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, let it be given to them every day without fail so that they can offer sacrifices of pleasing aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I also issue a decree concerning any man who interferes with this directive. Let a beam be torn from his house and raised up. He will be impaled in it, and his house will be made into a garbage dump because of his offence. May the God who caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who dares to harm or interfere with this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued the decree. Let it be carried out diligently. Then Tatnai, governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar, Bosnai, and their colleagues diligently carried out what King Darius had decreed. So the Jewish elders continued successfully with the building under the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah son of Edo. They finished the building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius and King Artaxerxes of Persia. Then we read from Zechariah chapter 7 verse 1 through to chapter 8 15 to finish today. In the fourth year of King Darius the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month which is Chislev. Now the people of Bethel had sent Sharazer, Regemmelech and their men to plead for the Lord's favour by asking the priests who were at the house of the Lord of hosts as well as the prophets should we mourn and fast in the fifth month, as we have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests. When you fasted and lamented in these fifth and in the seventh month for these seventy years, did you really fast for me? When you eat and drink, don't you eat and drink simply for yourselves? Aren't these the words that the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets, when Jerusalem was inhabited and secure? along with its surrounding cities, and when the southern region and the Judean foothills were inhabited, 
The word of the Lord came to Zechariah. The Lord of hosts says this, Render true justice. Show faithful love and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the stranger or the poor, and do not plot evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder. They closed their ears so they could not hear. They made their hearts like a rock so as not to obey the law or the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by his Spirit through the earlier prophets. Therefore great anger came from the Lord of hosts. Just as he had called and they would not listen, so when they called I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. I scattered them with a windstorm over all the nations that had not known them, and the land was left desolate behind them with no one coming or going. They turned a pleasant land into a desolation. The word of the Lord of hosts came. The Lord of hosts says this, I am extremely jealous for Zion. I am jealous for her with great wrath. The Lord says this, I will return to Zion and live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, and the holy mountain. The Lord of hosts says this, Old men and women will again sit along the streets of Jerusalem, each with a staff in hand because of advanced age. The streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls playing in them. The Lord of hosts says this, Though it may seem incredible to the remnant of this people in those days, should it also seem incredible to me? The declaration of the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts says this, I will save my people from the land of the east and the land of the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I will be their faithful and righteous God. The Lord of hosts says this, Let your hands be strong. You who now hear these words that the prophets spoke when the foundations were laid for the rebuilding of the temple, the house of the Lord of hosts. For prior to those days neither man nor beast had wages. There was no safety from the enemy for anyone who came or went, for I turned everyone against his neighbour. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days, the declaration of the Lord of hosts, for they will sow in peace, the vine will yield its fruit, the land will yield its produce, and the skies will yield their dew. I will give the remnant of this people all these things as an inheritance. As you have been a curse among the nations, house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you and you will be a blessing. Don't be afraid, let your hands be strong. For the Lord of hosts says this, As I resolved to treat you badly when your fathers provoked me to anger and would not relent, says the Lord of hosts, so I have resolved again in these days to do what is good to Jerusalem and the house of Judah. Don't be afraid. And there we end, day 259 and week 37.